0: Hey there, thanks for listening to the Trophy Husbands podcast. Make sure you look us up on Instagram at Trophy Husbands Pod and be sure to send in your recommendations and your requests for our Trophyist Husband competition. Enjoy the episode. this is me making sure sam doesn't say something stupid to start the intro to the episode because it's wa- already started
1: <laughs> i uh, i wanted to start off by talking about what's your what's your what's your best or most embarrassing scar on your like battle scar i have an embarrassing one but it's like very pronounced and i'm like kind of proud of it but
2: is it from your roids <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought you were like, oh
1: Sam's been taking steroids. But no. The good old Hammy is coming back. Um, no, it's not from it's not from that. I I there's this is family camp Joe and I uh went to. And uh they have these like really old bikes there. And so uh, like this is probably like five or six years ago I like hopped on one of the bikes and like in the afternoon all the families go to the beach and like if you're not there you have you have major FOMO so but I went there and I didn't have my beach towel so I was like ah shoot I gotta go get it so I like hop on one of the bikes and I just like start pedaling and then the front tire hits a patch of sand and the tire just does a 90 degree shift And then I fall over, because that's how tires work. If they just shift at 90 degrees, you're going to get thrown off. And the handlebar just goes into my side, and I have, like, a moon crescent uh, where, like, the handlebar dug into my chest. I
0: don't know if I've ever seen that one.
1: It's, like, it's very small. But, uh, can
2: you show it to us right now on the video? Uh, you, I don't know if you can see it. No, uh, your laptop power no. is not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> get, keep getting closer. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> what about you guys? Any glorious battle scars?
2: I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I didn't. I never got injured much. It was more of my, my little brother thing. Um, mm. One time I was... I I used to have a paper route Because I needed money And uh, The stacks of paper would come in this weird Like plastic Like instead of rope It would be like this plastic strip Around the papers And that I would have to cut open And I was like using a serrated knife uh, To cut it Open and then I slipped And I like slit my index finger Right Mm. open and i got a pretty pretty gnarly one there that's been there for like 10 years now and i don't think it's gonna go away Mm. but yeah no i don't i don't know i don't i feel like i don't really i don't really injure myself that often Mm. i did meet a a retreatant on net who told me that uh, one of their friends dads or something fell on a combine and split his butt open that's nothing Whoa. Your butt's already <laughs> yeah, split open. Yeah, hang on. That's a fake
1: story. Your butt's already split.
2: <laughs> no, 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 like the other way, like, <laughs> oh. like a plus sign, you so know. So he now mean?
0: oh he had a cross on his butt now. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: So his butt opens like the back of the <gasps> the mouth of a demogorgon. <laughs> <laughs> And that sounded pretty, pretty uh, awkward. Both embarrassing and bad at the like, same time. Uh, what do you call those little paper things? Like yeah, Kubi like or whatever. Fortune teller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a
0: fortune teller ass. <laughs> oh my. Uh, um, like the one on my toe is pretty, pretty gnarly. Mm, it's right. very, that, is, that is a gnarly one. It's very dark and pronounced and easily like the longest one I have. Mm. So that's the winner for sure from when i Uh, tore my toe off this summer i feel like most people know that story if they're listening
1: to this right yeah that's true now james i want you to take notes on this next part i know this is how uh stop it's it's funny it's funny how these like these little things little things that happened like a long time ago stay with us and mark our bodies in, in such a way that like we have, like, reminders of them. Anyways. That was a cringe
2: transition, Sam. Yeah. That was, like, a, <laughs> that was a Steubenville... It was better
1: than no transition. It was a Steubenville
2: conference transition. Oh. It was like, hey, oh. I made croissants last weekend, and they caught fire, and Jesus loves you. That's, that's what it was.
0: With the Steubenville uh. roast. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways,
1: so today we're, we're going to talk about wounds. Um these what, a stupid what are topic can we this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah so like what are wounds uh what uh what what they be doing um yeah uh, yeah so um so James
2: James, he's floundering. See, he, yeah, he was, I roasted, I yeah. roasted the transition, and now he's yeah, like, I don't well, know where to go. <laughs> he got me with the stupid bill roast. <laughs> uh, right.
1: Okay, so, so, what is? Let's let's start out with what is a wound?
2: <clears throat> What's a wound? We talk about emotional emotional damage.
1: I mean, yeah, that's, like yeah. Uncle Roger
0: got it right. James, I want to hear James's best emotional damage impression.
2: I'm not. Do, I'm not going to do that on this podcast. Why not? You're the one who's most
0: entitled to out of the three of us. <laughs> that's that is true. Are you say that? Yes.
2: Um. <laughs> I'm not I'm saying that, you're no, the not, most emotionally
0: damaged, so therefore you get to do the emotional <clears throat> damage impression
2: i'm not gonna do it i know because i just know it'll be bad it's it will cause me emotional damage well we'll find a way to make (laughs) you say it later at least give us
0: explain (laughs) wounds then if you won't
2: give the people what they want explain wounds do it what what a question um i think a, a wound is like this is my favorite way to explain it um we often talk about like blessings In church world um, and we kind of describe a blessing as an experience of god's love that you can only experience when you are vulnerable and i would i would put forth that a wound would be the opposite of a blessing Mm. so a wound is an experience of unlove that occurs when you are vulnerable that significantly or maybe not even significantly but alters somewhat the way that you relate to God, others and yourself that would be my that would be my quick definition
1: yeah that's it that's uh, like that i I, the reason why like i point i kind of threw it back out even though it's my topic is because like i know that i'm not the best (laughs) at defining things but that that hit the nail right on right on the top of the the head (laughs) <laughs> so, good phrase uh, yeah good phrase. like <laughs>
2: <laughs> that hit the nail right on top of the head
1: <laughs> um but yeah i think i think you're right i think i think it is an experience of almost unlove of, of, of absence of love and it's it's crazy because like i think arguably not even arguably we all have wounds we have all experienced uh times where we have not felt loved by something.
2: You and, you have. Every, everybody everybody yeah, is wounded. Yeah, like, exactly. In some way. If you yeah. don't think that you're wounded, you are wounded and thinking that you're unwounded and you need to go to therapy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, you don't know, yeah. <laughs> but uh but uh, yeah, and like the reason why it it like I don't know, the reason why it's like it's just been on my heart lately in the past few weeks that like i've taken i mean i've mentioned it on the podcast how i i like hearing about like people getting healing from their wounds and kind of like when people figure out like the light bulb moment of like oh snap i do this because this happened to me 14 years ago like i i I love those moments where it's like you, that is the start of like healing. That's where healing can start to happen.
2: It just makes me think of, um, there's a St. Augustine quote that I've been talking about recently a lot. And I'm going to not say it perfectly. So people can complain, but don't bother um, saying it then. My like, (laughs) okay, okay. We'll just move on. Um, My my paraphrase of the quote is um, if you want to be holy, know yourself. Mm. Um, I, I think that that's, like <clears throat> self-awareness is a huge part of that. And I think that one of the first places to start with self-awareness is uh, self-awareness of our woundedness. Mm. Um, Cause we don't even realize how traumatic experiences affect how we act today. Like, <clears throat> not, or not even like trauma is a big word. And, and I think that maybe sometimes trauma gets thrown around a little bit too much in our culture today. Mm. Um, and I, I, I say that not, not to say that trauma doesn't happen. Or that trauma is unimportant. I think it absolutely does happen, and I think that it's so important that we need to reserve it for situations that are actually traumatic. Um anyway, that's a that's a side that's a side tangent. Um All tangents. Where is it going are with this?
0: Tangents.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I think I don't that's disagree. where you're going with that.
2: <laughs> I, just, <yeah>. but, <laughs> I have a question.
0: Yeah. Trauma versus wound I, because I think mm. wound is a very spiritual term that is not often used uh, in other. Ser- like I'm looking up right now trauma versus wound I wanted to know the difference mm. and they were like uh, you must be talking about the trauma that occurs with a physical wound because mm. everyone was like right. ah, yes woundedness when someone stabs you, essentially is what they were saying um, so what what is the distinction there because I think that is a key thing, especially because you're saying a lot of people maybe misuse honestly probably either
1: term, but yeah, yeah I like I wouldn't be able to describe trauma, um but I think wounded wounded ugh, woundedness <laughs> woundedness like has more depth to it than hurt. Okay, and I thought I think, you were going
0: to say then trauma. I was like...
1: No, 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 no. Then, I wonder how he's going to back that one up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But, like, uh, it has more depth to it than hurt. So, like, if you were hurt by somebody's actions, y- you're not wounded by it. or Not necessarily. But a wound is, is hurt that's, like, that's deep and that can really affect the way that you look uh at it can really affect like your outlook on things it can affect your behavior it can affect your relationships with other people and it can sometimes boil down to a single moment of hurt but a single moment of hurt doesn't always lead to
0: woundedness so in reference to what james said earlier where he's Said wounds having like this lasting effect. Maybe you would distinguish hurt and wound as hurt is your hurt with no lasting impact, wound being hurt with lasting impact. That's what you're saying.
1: I think for, for, uh, uh, yeah, that would be defining like wound separate from trauma. Now, James, I don't know if you want to take a hit at that.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's hard to draw a distinction between wound and trauma because I think that trauma inevitably leads, leads to wounding. Mm. but but trauma i would i would consider to be you know like like an event is traumatic and you know like it leaves trauma um and then in that sense then like wound and trauma would be indistinguishable but as sam is kind of speaking to wounds are not specifically caused by trauma they're just one of the causes that of a wound if that makes sense like Mm. yeah i would say a wound is like like sam was saying anything that leaves sort of a lasting impact on your ability to relate Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Quick Google
0: definition of trauma: a deeply distressing or disturbing experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And now a wound doesn't have to be deeply distressing. It could. It could be like a like it could just be that like your parents um, left you in a room uh, when you were six years old, and they went to another room and didn't tell you where they were, and you looked around for them. And you, you thought you were alone. You thought they left you, and then all of a sudden you find them. But that moment where you thought they had abandoned you could have stayed with you a long time. And that, that's not like extremely traumatic because you found them ten seconds later. But it's that brief period of, shoot, my parents left me.
2: I think also like okay, so I love this. I love this line. Um, Children are excellent observers but terrible interpreters. Um, mm-hmm. And I can, am um, sorry, my wife is coming home. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, and I like that idea because it's like we, when we are kids, maybe we have these experiences that like can be wounding and they're not necessarily like really crazy, terrible things that have happened to, to us, but the way that we interpret them is, um, is wounding more so than the actual experience itself. Mm. Yeah.
1: I think, like, yeah. I had a moment where I <laughs> fought with, um... L- n- not fought. Like, I had a, uh, I had an argument with Kate. And we, we so had so to, like... So I we
0: promise we're not laughing it. at you right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know exactly what you're laughing at. I just tried to keep talking. Um I had... Kate and I had an argument. And... um at the end of the night like after everything had been resolved um i was like a- about to head out the door and then i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh i feel this way because when i was young i didn't get this from my mom and i'm projecting this on you and i like and it, that is something that is completely unfair to kate because there is no way that Kate can go back in time to my like younger self and 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 attend to to that like that woundedness. Now thankfully There's no way yet. <laughs> now, thankfully we have a God that is outside of time who
2: can That's not uh, what we're talking we're talking about time travel.
1: Yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah. I was I was talking about how like Thankfully we have a God
0: who can provide us with the means to build time travel uh, machines? Exactly. <laughs> Go back in time, solve everything. I also like that we did not tell them what we were laughing about. No. Yeah. And they've been thinking about it. They've been kind of wondering, like, are they going to let me know? And we're not. We're not. We're not going to let you know. That's okay. Yeah, you had to be there. You're you're like two weeks behind at best. <laughs> you really had to be here to get the job. <laughs> Anyways.
1: Uh, Sam, back to the anyways, thing you were saying. It was, was like, much more important than my interruptions.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyways, I was like... It was like a, a big moment of realization where, like, I had placed expectations on Kate that were impossible for her to meet. Um, and it was like, I... I, like, I just... I, As I was about to head out the door, I was like, oh my gosh, I am... I'm so sorry. Like... <laughs> That, like thank you for loving me in this moment and and just attending to my woundedness, um, but like it was, it was it was a hard moment, but like also a good moment of realization too, that I had been projecting my woundedness onto her, and right. I think it it can be a lot. It can be easy to do that in a lot of different relationships but especially with the person that you have made a commitment to and are like in a relationship with.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely true. Um so we talked about this a little bit prior to hitting record and um I just think that is really interesting. Um but I I think that attachment theory is super interesting. And um what is that? that's what i'm <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting there um the whole idea of attachment theory is basically you form this sort of bond or attachment with your primary caregiver in like the first year of your life um and that relationship sort of sets a blueprint for how you relate to other people throughout the rest of your mm-hmm. life um and so they talk about these different styles of attachment, you know, about 50% of the population they anticipate is securely attached, so that successful bond for the most part. Um, but then there also are, can be people who are, um, uh, this is my best, way. so people who are securely attached are, have a positive view of themselves and a positive view of the world. Um, people who are anxiously attached have a positive view of the world, but a negative view of their self, themselves, so they need external validation. Um, people who are avoidant attached um, have a positive view of themselves but a negative view of the world so they tend to wall themselves off in relationship and then people who are anxious avoidant have a negative view of themselves and a negative view of the world and that one's pretty rare um, but usually there would be some, some pretty significant trauma behind there's a lot of
0: Netflix documentaries about that last type
2: <laughs> are there? <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> yeah name <Ted> one Kaczynski <laughs> Unabomber. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I was getting at. Um, (laughs) I would like to have a
0: word with God, because I'm not a fan of how many important things uh, depend on... uh, uh, The responsibility falls on my infant self. Um, Mm. You know? It's like, if I was there, I could have been like, "Um, excuse me, hi." this next year is pretty crucial for me not having a Netflix doc, Me having the right kind of Netflix documentary. Um, not like so, a serial killer one. like a- <laughs> no. uh, One of the ones where I don't think I'm good enough, so I seek external validation, so I become famous and then I have a good Netflix documentary. At least, I, I need at least that. So if you could make sure that happens, that'd be great. Now, no, I just have to sit here as a 23-year-old and be like, well, I hope it worked. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> true, and I think that I think that's interesting because um, once you can kind of recognize your attachment style, it is possible to like change it. It just takes a lot of effort and a lot of like, you know, really good secure relationships in your life, um, and that's the other thing about wounds. Like this, so this is the other side of it for me. Um, A lot of people often talk about, you know, like I'm wounded in this way, and this is why I act this way. And I think that having the self awareness around that is really good. Mm. But I also think, to call back to our, congrats on healing. Here's the Jello Cups episode. Mm. Love a good um, (laughs) um, you can be healed. Yeah. Um, I don't think that healing is easy. Sometimes it is, praise God. Um, But most of the time it's not, and most of the time it's long and it's slow. But you can be healed and I think it's all too easy particularly in today's culture to say I'm wounded but never go beyond that Mm. um so maybe maybe now I'm like I'm kind of curious to hear from you guys like what has worked in your life around the healing of wounds Mm. you know like maybe what are some wounds that you have experienced healing from if you feel comfortable talking about that
1: Mm. I like I won't go into too many details but like I was uh it was when I was doing net in Ireland. I was having, I was having a prayer time. I think we had, I think we might have been having like adoration, like at nine p.m. or something like that. And it was just like, out of nowhere, I was praying and like a, an interaction with my dad came to mind, and I just like I started bawling and like i couldn't stop and then the prayer time ended and i just like i had i had to talk to my dad and i remember like i had to like walk down the street to go to the priest's house to log into the wi-fi because our house didn't have it but like i was there and i'm like still crying and i'm just like i couldn't like i like just called my dad he picked up and we started talking and I didn't even talk about that interaction because I know that it had happened and we had asked each other for forgiveness, but I think part of me in that moment held on to it and was really hurt by it until years later, I call him. I'm not even talking about it, but I made sure, like, I made a genuine effort to end the phone call by telling him that I loved him, and that just, that just, like, broke down a lot of walls that I had set up in my relationship with my dad because it was just I I experienced the raw emotion of it I, and then it was on my heart and I spoke to my dad and just like reclaimed my love for him and I think that really works for me when I find out about a wound um, that I have from something to talk to the person involved or to talk through it. And I think, yeah, that that's just how it works best for me. And also prayer. Like, prayer is, like, above talking to people about it, but, like, typically it comes, a wound will come forward in prayer.
2: Um, so I think that this is really interesting that you're bringing this up. So um, Barna did a study. Um, I'm not sure when, but they found in the study, I think it was pretty recently, they found 38% of people surveyed preferred to do discipleship on their own um mm. so not in the context of community the problem with that is that um most like psychologists and neurologists would agree on this um that the only way to get healing from relational wounds is actually in relationship so you can't experience a relational wound and then be like okay i'm gonna go deal with this on my own and figure it out and then i'm gonna be all perfect and, and healed like <clears throat> um like you like you mentioned like it, you know, if you have a difficult relationship with your dad growing up, then you might have, like, a skewed um, a skewed model of, of, like, relationship from father to son, which can then skew your, even, like, your relational model of, like, relating to God. The f- or daughter. Or, or, or do- <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have a skewed model of, like, fatherly relationship. Um, and the only way to get past that or to get healed from that is to seek out relationship mm. with somebody in a similar kind of model that can correct that sort of like yeah mm. yeah um i feel like for me an experience that i think of is um when i was eight i was at i was at net training so i grew up going to to training for net missionaries. I was eight years old and um my dad told me that i could come down to the men's retreat for meals um so the men's retreat's like two days, all the guys go off into the woods and they have a retreat. Um and so I wasn't allowed to join them, but I could go down for meals. <clears throat> um so I it's like dinner time and I start heading down and I I remember like walking up to where all of the guys were and one of the staff members was standing at the edge of like the clearing where all the guys were eating and I remember like he had his hands up in front of him, like to stop me and he said, Hey, like you can't come here and I, I genuinely don't think that he was trying to like be a jerk. Um mm but it's just like the way that that was interpreted you know like children are excellent observers and terrible interpreters um, like this kind of like all these I, like it's a very visceral image to me actually like all of the guys that I looked up to on the other side of this man who was standing in between me and them and like food and I was hungry and <laughs> community you know what I mean um, standing there with his hands up being like no you can't come here um, and I, I remember just like leaving feeling so angry and sitting down and, and like the sense that I got was, like, one, I can't have dinner, so I'm not provided for, you know what I mean? Like, like my material needs are not taken care, for, care of, so I need to, like, think creatively about how I can, like, grasp at that myself. And then, two, I'm cut off from, like, relationship, like, cut off from community. And so there was, like, a, a very clear, like, rejection mm. experience there. And I think it's interesting how that has impacted my, like, relational models since then, because it's, like, i see like two two of the most common ways that i like interact with the world are like (laughs) i can't expect somebody else to provide something for me so i better go out and get it for myself and then um i am like rejected and cut off from community and um i i think i've experienced a lot of healing in that particularly in the second area like encountering relationships with people that were like so welcoming so loving and really feeling like part of something um and that that very much counteracted like the second part of the wound and i mean like the wound is not fully gone and and i don't know if like the impact of it ever will be but i can continually work on it um the first one recently has really come into view for me because um as i I, like the more and more that i do ministry and the more that i like recognize like Just because I did something this way doesn't mean that it's going to lead to this result because Mm. I'm dealing with complex people and the work of the Holy Spirit and God's will and just like coming to terms with my own irrelevance, really. Like (laughs) I'm here and and it's good that I am here, but like I want to accept the fact that like I am ultimately irrelevant and God is the one who's at work here. Mm. Um, That's kind of come into focus for me. So I think for me, like the way that I've experienced healing from wounds is like sort of confronting the effects of the wounds in my life and seeking out relationships and situations that give me an opportunity to like dive into a similar kind of experience and you know see a positive positive Mm -hmm. instead of a negative you know what i mean Mm
1: -hmm.
0: well i think you're wrong he was being a dick but that's just (laughs) (laughs) that's a little dramatic the hands up and everything i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying um i guess for me okay i am like and maybe this just isn't how my brain works because the whole thing of like like getting any level of caught up in your woundedness and whatever i don't think like that at all i could probably bear to think that way more um but i just don't like you were like we're gonna talk about woundedness i was like Like, I'm sure they're there, but (laughs) what are they? (laughs) Don't know. Um, I was able to think of one to give you a good example with, though. Um, So not with a person, um, but in my relationship with God, like a clear one where I've, you know, I've had moments where I'm like, okay, that's a wound right there. Like I see it manifesting in myself or like Mm. I
2: uh,
0: maybe in prayer, like hit a soft spot and be like, oh, there's something there. Don't know why. Why? Couldn't exactly, maybe even tell you what or from when, but you know, it's like sometimes i find them and I'm like, How'd that get there? Um, but I remember one time, uh, when I was in grade eight, I remember being in adoration and I wanted, I think they had just been reading the gospel that day, was like the woman touching the cloak, right, of, of mm. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They are moving recycling bins, right outside my right outside my door, um, <laughs> uh, and so I wanted to like, and they were processing with um, the Eucharist, and I wanted to like touch the robes of the priest. Like I, I was just like, I need that right now, and that was like what I was praying about, um, and it didn't happen, mm. and I was like, okay, I guess like prayers don't get answered, like just right then and there. I'm, I was like, this is an easy request. You can make this happen. God didn't. And then I don't think I expected any prayers to be answered, like, from then on, essentially. Yeah. Um, until, mm-hmm. like, probably five, four or five years later <clears throat> in adoration. And, and it's honestly happened several times since then. Um, where I got to be in adoration and the priest would actually come around to like individuals and give them a moment to like touch the robes he was wearing as he was holding it in a monstrance um, and have like a moment of prayer in front of the Eucharist like just kind of face to face one on one Um, and the first time that it happened uh, I think I cried and laughed for about 20 minutes with one of my friends beside me (laughs) just kind of like what is happening (laughs) and I like told him the whole story afterwards um and he was just like so good at just kind of comforting me when it seemed I was just overwhelmed but um yeah and so like I think that moment was so healing and I've noticed since then like um, uh, an inexplicable amount of trust, and not even just in prayer, but in like God's and, and providence, really. Like, um, mm-hmm. when things seem to be going like sideways financially, or like other things coming up, or you know, job offers aren't coming in, or whatever it might be. Like, I just it it to me, it's like it doesn't even matter. Like, I know, I know we're going to be all right. Like, I know God's got us like at some way mm. down the road. Like um, there is like some safety net somewhere. There is like an unexpected opportunity. And I think I kind of tie it all back to like those two experiences,
1: um, which is really cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's, in- it's interesting too, because like, it's not because like, that that wasn't God being like No, you're mm-hmm. never getting this. But also he used that very thing to to bring about what you were looking for in a in a deeper way. Yeah, and you know like it,
0: it <laughs> hurt, but also I don't think I would have it, the trust I have now without that. Like had it just happened mm, I'd be yeah. like awesome prayer
2: worked. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it makes me think of that line from the Easter vigil. It's like, "How oh, have you faults that are mm. for us such a glorious redeemer?" Like, yeah, you know, it, like it would have been great to not need to be redeemed. Yeah, but it, it's like, like, and many saints have written about how like the fact that we have fallen and God has redeemed us is actually better mm-hmm. in the end than had nothing mm. happened at all. Like, and that's that's like a, a weird thought to think about because like so many times we're just like, man, I wish that we just lived in eden yeah, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah like that's god allows evil to happen because he deems that he can bring a greater good great out of it you know mm-hmm. um and yeah and I that, think, yeah
1: that that can also be applied to relationships too like with with my father it that that's exactly how it was and with kate now too like with all these wounds kind of being uncovered like it hurts it hurts to have that uncovered and to to experience that pain again but then like kate and i just are we grow so much closer to each other and so much closer to god through through going through all that together like experiencing our woundedness uh and loving each other through it and bringing and like orienting ourselves towards god like it's just it brings us so much closer Mm. together yeah it's like a weird
0: inverse um, of that phrase. Like, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never have loved at it all. It's better to have lost and loved than to have never have lost at all.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Think yeah. about that. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah. I feel like this is a good place to... Mm-hmm. Put Tibo on it. Yeah. Didn't See, you look at my James. look at my time. Look at my transitional timing here. Getting better already. All right. So transition. All thanks to Sam's notes. Transition <laughs> us, James. Oh gosh.
1: Transition
2: us. <laughs> <laughs> it's throwing me in the
1: deep end now. You still haven't transitioned. Speaking us. of speaking of
2: wounding experiences. You know when you really love someone or love something and they do something that just lets you down? I think of Coldplay and how much I love them and how their most recent album, Music of the Spheres, was such a letdown. And Joe recently informed me that it was nominated for Grammy of the Year. I mean, Album of the Year, not the Grammys. That's what I meant to say. And I'd be interested in the wake of this ridiculous news do you have any <laughs> album recommendations for us? That was perfect. That was
1: borderline
2: stupidville as well. So don't even <laughs> at me. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think that was amazing. I don't I don't care about the
0: transition, except <laughs> that it let me hear the words borderline stupidville. <laughs> so it was all worth it in the end uh, <laughs> um, yes I do have one and it is, it is perfect for this timing with this episode with the weather lately um, and I'm gonna give you Carrie and Lowell L-O-W-E-L-L by Sufjan Stevens which is S-U-F-J-A-N Stevens. Um, it is, it's a little somber. It's a little sad, but damn, is it beautiful. And it's about loss and like pro- pro- processing um, those difficult feelings. And it's nice and quiet. It's good for a cold day like we have all the time now. Um, it's just, it's just fantastic. So that's it. Nice. Speaking of fantastic things, Sam once said "borderline stupidville." <laughs> um, so Sam, you can go next.
1: Thank you. <laughs> so, so mine, like, so I've been in, I've been in uh, teaching in school uh, all week, and um, one of the things that I'm doing for, with one of my classes, we're watching a movie, and then they're answering questions about it. And the movie we're watching is on Disney Plus. It's called Togo, and it like. It was crazy when I saw it because I don't know if you guys remember the movie Balto. Do you, did you guys yes. watch that one? Yeah, Balto. Yeah. It's like a husky that was like the head of a sleigh team. Anyways,
2: <clears throat> core it, ble-
1: it it blew my mind because that story is fake. Balto <laughs> is not a real story, but Togo is the actual dog that like did ninety eight percent of the work, and then Balto. Just ran the little cure home, like the 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 one mile that that Togo couldn't. Anyways, so my fact is a correction that Balto is a bitch, and Togo's the real one. Is Balto in fact a female? No.
0: <laughs> I would like to make that's a what correction. I was going for. Balto is not that's a bitch. Balto is. <laughs> is there a term for male dog? Is it just? Male dog. He's a hound. That's... Is it, is is it, a, it hound? a hound? Is that it? Is that what hound means? Maybe. Because no, hound, I don't hound think is also it, no. in species like a basset hound. Also like Elvis. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. But that actually, that would work. I think he was to it being... st- uh, He didn't would write he... that song, James. <laughs> So the real you know, writer of the you're song right, you're right. is oh, what's her name? I took I took this class, and I should know this. The real original singer, Big Mama Thornton. That's it. <laughs> and That's
1: would the movie. lyric not be "You ain't nothing but a hound, comma dog"? Or is it "You ain't nothing but a hound dog"? <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Elvis was saying. It's perfect. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. Um, all right. Speaking so, of
1: hound dogs,
2: <laughs> James, why don't you go? Boom. Transition. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to change it up a little bit. I've got not an article, but a publication to recommend this week. The Atlantic? So I that. No. <laughs> um, no, I'm bringing it up because I, I became a paying subscriber as of yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. But the the publication is called The Pillar. So it's these two guys who left uh, EWTN because it was becoming too, like, partisan. And they left to go start their own newspaper called The Pillar. Um, And it's the best, most, like, non-partisan Catholic news you can read anywhere. They they don't take to traditional or conservative or liberal or progressive stance on anything. They just tell you what's going on their coverage is fantastic their newsletters come out every tuesday and friday and they're fantastic and hilariously written just like they're you can tell that they're clever people um (laughs) if you read nothing else read the newsletters give you a great roundup of what's going on in the church around the world and it's 10 out of 10 only five dollars a month to subscribe and you don't even have to subscribe they give it all for free you just subscribe out of the goodness of your heart because you like them and i do
0: you're pumping yourself up there aren't you james (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even think about how that could be If one gives, like... it's just out of the goodness of their heart Because they're better than you
1: <laughs> So if you don't give, you have no goodness in your heart I world. have the
0: attachment style where I think very highly of myself <laughs> And very lowly about the rest of you <laughs> uh, that's I mean. Also, you'll never what? guess what a male dog is called what is it? Well, um, the layman's <laughs> term is just dog. That is correct. But okay. amongst breeders, they are called sires or studs.
1: Ooh. Nice. Well, Balto sure in, 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 in... In't? In't? What am I saying? Isn't? Balto sure isn't a stud <laughs> for stealing Togo's thunder. <laughs>
2: uh anyways so trophy is husband of the week yeah okay so actually maria gave us a qualifier mm, what Ooh. a good woman yeah she wow. is a good woman what a real so, fan she, probably she says for james she literally doesn't even listen to trophy husband of, of the
0: week uh <laughs> donates to the pillar also it's on (laughs) apple podcast now maria so you have no excuses anymore that's
2: true i know i know you should text her joe um okay so maria says who was the last person to buy their significant other a gift i bought does i actually can't even remember i have to think about that like a gift or does like
1: surprise coffee no a gift no a gift get out of here with that surprise coffee bullshit sharing a lot this episode yeah we're yeah. gonna have to
2: mark this one as explicit <laughs> um i goodness i bought maria a gift for her birthday in may Yikes. i bought her coffee shipped from vancouver um Yikes. we don't i don't know we're not like super big like gift givers i feel like
1: i'm sure i bought kate a gift since her birthday i just can't think of what it is her birthday was in it was august 14th but i can't like i know i have but i just can't think of it so if i can't think of it and joe you've bought one since joe did you buy a gift for your for your wife um she's gonna hate
0: the she's gonna hate knowing this uh i bought her i bought her christmas gift Ooh. And I bought it. This is how I am with her. I am I am ahead of the game at all times. We're recording November 15th. I <clears> bought <throat> it October 17th. Wow. Snap. You are prepared. Now she, know, and now she knows. She's going to hate <coughs> knowing that I have it already. That's going to be insane when she hears this. If maybe she's listening right now, actually. Anyways, so yeah. I win by are, our wives' things more husband. often, guys.
1: There you go. Jeez. <laughs> thank you, Maria, for giving us a Trophies Husband of the Week. Thank you, Maria. Also, no Maybe thank that's you what for never takes. listening. Maybe that's <laughs> what it takes, is that we shout out the person who gives us a uh, call. Ah, yeah. Because that's a good idea.
2: This is a shout out to Dave from Ohio. What? <clears throat> I don't know. Just shouting people out. Do you know a Dave in Ohio? <laughs> I, actually, I don't. I really don't. Then what? <laughs> I'm just I'm giving an example of what it could be like. you know put your name, put your name in place of, of living <clears> into the statement that I just made, and then you'll know what it feels like to be shouted out on this podcast. right
1: okay. So from the guys who have no lives we're hopping back up on the trophy case. <laughs>
0: Trophy Husbands is hosted and executive produced by Samuel Wynn, James Pereira, and Joseph Dunham. Sound and editing is done by Samuel Wynn. Theme song provided by Jake Duval, found on Instagram at the Groovy Smoothie. All characters and events depicted in this work are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Sam, for all the shit you talk about James's transitions, your outros <laughs> need some work. Uh,
1: <laughs> the, what do you mean? The guys who have no lives? That's, all right.
2: Goodbye. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, done. Uh, <laughs>